Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Today we have an action-packed episode. We're cramming as much as we can into the time slot we got for today. Um, we're going to touch on everything from uh, some Slammiversary, Money in the Bank, uh, some other, you know, big news today, you know, in the wrestling world about CM Punk and possibly getting back into wrestling well i'll give my thoughts on that uh first and foremost though like usual like always we're kicking things off with uh with the bread and butter with the local stuff because uh that's what that's what we're here for is to talk a little bit of local wrestling to kick things off so first and foremost cwe canadian wrestling elite they just finished up in their uh or they're finishing up with their little tour of Saskatchewan, you know. Uh, last week's guest, Davey O'Doyle, he was part of that uh, wrestling in his hometown. Thank you again to him for joining me on the podcast. So they are just finishing up in uh, Saskatchewan. In August, they are going to be making their way back out west again. They are going to be hitting up Calgary. I've got the dates so far that are listed, and I'm going to give them to you right now. Easy access. So kicking things off, CWE heading back to Alberta. August 4th, they're going to be in Medicine Hat. August 5th, they're going to be in Calgary. That one is also going to be featuring former UFC fighter Mitch Clark. I'm not sure if Mitch Clark is going to be on all the Alberta dates or just that one. But the easiest way to find out is CWE on their Facebook. They have event pages for all of these events. And, you know, you can, it'll. I'm sure we'll say, there, along with some of the other superstars that are going to be there, you know, AJ Sanchez, Danny Duggan, all those guys. So definitely check out the event pages, but he will be on the August 5th show. August 6th, they're going to be in Red Deer, home of the Red Deer Rebels. August 7th, hitting up Grand Prairie. And August 8th, in St. Albert, Alberta. And that's just outside Edmonton. So for more information, all the ticket information, Check out the Canadian Wrestling Elite Facebook page. They will have everything there. They will have the event pages. They'll have listings of who you'll, some of the guys you'll be, guys and girls that you'll be able to see out there, uh, wrestling for you. So definitely check it out. CWE on Facebook, the event pages, Hidden Alberta. Check it out. Next up, Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. You, we all know. You know, everyone who listens knows. That I'm a huge Time Bomb Pro Wrestling fan. I love what they're doing. I love the events they're putting on. They have another one coming up. July 29th. Thursday, July 29th. That's coming up. It's less than a week away. Time Bomb Pro Wrestling presents Bloodlust. It's at the Sanctuary Event Center, Fargo, North Dakota. Tickets are still available from what I gather. But, I mean, check out their Twitter for more information about that if there still is. These are the matches that are announced, and let me tell you, there are some fantastic matches announced so far. I am so stoked to hopefully eventually be able to see this card. So, six matches so far. Damian Saint facing off with Blair Onyx. Shane Black facing off with the one called Manders. Duke Cornell facing off with Badger Briggs. We have Eric Cannon versus Oren Veidt. 
That one I'm so fucking stoked for. I cannot wait. That one should be great. We have a three-way match, triple thread match. Damon Spriggle versus Jossie, who's just on uh, AEW Dark not too long ago, facing off with Kevin Koo. Three-way match. That one is going to be fantastic. And I think the one that all of us are stoked for, the Carver of Cutter's Alley, making his return to Time Bomb Pro Wrestling, facing off with Gangrel. That's right, Gangrel, the former Vampire Warrior. They are going to be doing battle for Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. I am so fucking stoked for that. It should be a fantastic event, fantastic card. Hopefully, tickets are still available if you're looking. Like I said, check out their Twitter for more information. If it's sold out, hopefully it'll be up on a, a streaming afterwards. Not holding, I'm not promising anything, just fingers crossed for that, okay? Um, but definitely check out their Twitter for more information, all right? Before we keep going with uh, the rest of the show, I mean, fingers crossed that sooner rather than later, I will have more more local dates for you, for everyone. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, we're just around the corner from CWE and PCW and WPW all announcing Winnipeg shows. I mean, I think we're all jonesing for some local wrestling. I know I cannot wait until those first cards get announced for shows. I will definitely be front and center. I mean, with my luck, I'm headed to Vancouver in a few uh, few weeks to uh, get away for a few days. With my luck, there'll be shows that week and I won't be able to go. But nonetheless, I will make sure as soon as I hear, I will be bringing you all the information. So definitely stay tuned to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. But this past weekend, we had an action-packed weekend of wrestling. Saturday night... We had Impact Wrestling prevent Slammiversary. Main event, Kenny Omega defending the Impact World title against Sammy Callahan. You know what? I was only able to catch part of the show. So we're going to talk about the two matches that I was able to do. And I thought both of them were fantastic in their own ways. So first up, Knockouts Championship match. Deanna Perrazzo defending her title against a mystery opponent. Now, spoiler alert, because we're going to be talking results and everything, you know, here on out. So you can skip ahead to, you know, later on, I'll have a timestamps on the Twitter for when I'm talking about stuff. But uh, we're going to be talking spoilers here. So fair warning, skip ahead now if you want. So Gianna Perrazzo facing off against a mystery opponent. That mystery opponent, you've seen her on AEW Dynamite. You've seen her on NWA Power. She is one of the top women's wrestlers without a doubt the one and only thunder rosa so they faced off now this was a very enjoyable match but i had two small complaints first off how do you not advertise thunder rosa as the opponent because you know what people love thunder rosa she's fantastic in the ring she's a great in in ring technician she's got a fantastic look and her matches, she absolutely delivers. How do you not advertise that? You know, people are into Thunder Rosa. I could see people buying the show just for her alone. Second off, the match length. This match easily could have been another, you know, six to eight minutes long. I I felt with how they how they matched up in the ring and the story they told, I was left wanting more. 
So you add on another six minutes, and I think this match, it's right up there, you know, for top of the card. Or on this card, one of the top matches. So those were my only two complaints. Other than that, I thought they delivered. So, I mean, Perrazzo, she controlled most of the match. Thunder Rosa, she did get a few chances to shine, but it was, you know, mainly Perrazzo working over the arm, I think it was, you know. You know, I apologize. I watched this a few days ago while I was walking on the treadmill, so... I had to make mental notes, but she was working her over. And you know what? Rosa got in a little bit of offense, but not much. It was, like I said, predominantly Thunder Rosa. So she ended up hitting the Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit got the win. Diana Perrazzo retains her knockouts championship. Now, the very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The... I'm not, I don't want to say important stuff, but the stuff that plays into the future happened post-match. So after the win, Perrazzo is celebrating in the ring. And uh, the one and only hardcore country herself, Mickey James, makes her return to Impact Wrestling. Now, I will always, always mark out when I hear the hardcore country. I don't know what it is. It just, it makes me smile. So... Basically, Mickey James returns, and she invited Perrazzo to NWA's Empower show that's coming up uh, in a few months' time, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's towards the end of summer. So she invited her there. Um, the gist of it, Perrazzo, you know, she was upset that Mickey James stole her moment. You know, they got into each other's faces. Mickey James wasn't taking no shit, delivered a huge, you know, kick, knocked Perrazzo down, you know, and that was the thing, you know. There, I think it's already been said that James isn't going to be fighting at uh, the Empower event, that she'll be fighting at the NWA anniversary show, I think it is. That's the next day or shortly thereafter. But uh, so, yeah, it was just promoting the upcoming card. And uh, I know on the most recent NWA Power if I'm not mistaken, they had who Perrazzo is going to be facing. No, not, sorry. It wasn't the uh, upcoming power. It was the impact tapings. I'm not going to say anything that happened, but they did say who Perrazzo is going to be facing off with. If you want to find it out, it's up online. You can search the impact spoilers, but I'm not going to be ruining anything for you all. So I enjoyed the match. I thought it was fun. It's worth checking out if you got a few minutes to, uh, you know, if you're looking for something to watch, definitely go anyway, check it out. So, then there was the main event. Sammy Callahan, he's getting his title opportunity, his title shot, I shouldn't say opportunity, he's getting his title shot against the one and only, one of the greatest Canadian wrestlers of all time, I said it, Winnipeg's own Kenny Omega with Don Callis. Now, the Don Callis ring introduction for Kenny Omega is absolutely incredible. There is nothing like it. I, I love it. It's one of the one thing I look forward to every time Omega gets introduced. And during the introduction, he referenced one of my favorite wrestlers, someone who I enjoy watching, who I'm excited for his match this upcoming weekend at the uh, GCW show. He mentioned the one and only Nick Gage. Now, you know, he's more of a deathmatch legend than Nick Gage. I mean, this got everyone talking on, on the Twitters. 
I got the group chat talking like, holy shit, are we going to see Kenny Omega at a GCW show facing off with Nick Gage? I mean, let me tell you, I'm, I'd love the thought of that, you know, like talk about a great time to be a wrestling fan when you're having someone like Kenny Omega showing up on Impact. He's, you know, showing up in AAA. If he shows up in GCW, like, fuck yeah, sign me up. I'm down with that. I mean, I'm already, I'm stoked for the weekend's GCW show with uh, Matt Cardona facing off with Nick Gage. I think that is one of the best booked storylines in wrestling today. The way they've built it up was, it's been great. I love it. So I'm stoked for that. The opportunity to have a Kenny Omega Nick Gage match. Yep, I'm there for it. I will, I will rent that as soon as it gets announced. So now onto the match. I mean, this match, it had everything you could want in a no disqualification, no disqualification match. It had pizza cutters. It had forks. It had chairs, tables. It had thumbtacks later on. I mean, it was, it was a good no DQ, good hardcore match. You know, if that's what you're looking for, you will see it. I mean, there was one spot where they were on the ring apron. Sammy Callahan blocked the Snapdragon suplex, ended up giving Kenny Omega pile driver through the table from the ring apron. You know, these two went all out. Now, you know, I understand people aren't, you know, a huge Sammy Callahan fan, but I did think that he was fantastic in this match. I thought Omega was great. And I thought that they uh, they told a really good story. So there was uh, there was one point where I absolutely marked out at it, where I think it was um, Callis. Well, Callis was on commentary for the match, and uh, he ripped off his headset after Callahan had put Omega through a table that was propped up. He Callahan goes for the three count. Omega kicks out, and you hear. All you hear is it's going to take a lot more than that to put down a wrestling god. It was because, I guess, Callus, I think it was Don Callus, he had taken off his headset and yelled it out, or it was a fan, but you could audibly hear it, you know, it's going to take a lot more than that to put down a wrestling god. I love that. I thought it was great. So Callus, he definitely added to the commentary. You know, he was great with D'Lo and Matt Stryker. Callus always is. Whether it's Dynamite or Impact, He's fantastic on the mic. Uh, I was talking with a, a good friend of mine about how, you know, you know, I would love to read a Don Callis book about, like, his experiences in wrestling. You're looking at someone who was, you know, one of the top wrestlers in Winnipeg through the early 90s, made his way to WWF made his way after that to ECW, you know, like he was a huge part of ECW in the late nineties, early two thousands. And then after that, it was, you know, he had basically left wrestling until resurfacing, you know, on the killing the town podcast in new Japan. And then from there being such a huge part of impact. And then now with Kenny Omega, I think the stories that he could tell, whether it's being with bad news, Allen in Winnipeg, or facing off with Rick Martell or Jim Brunzel at Chalmers Community Club, or you know, telling stories about ECW behind the scenes, or what it was like working for New Japan. I think it would be a fantastic book, you know, with a spotlight on Winnipeg wrestling and Canadian wrestling, and then his experiences worldwide. I think it would be great. 
that's getting off topic though. So I mentioned that, you know, thumbtacks were involved and Callahan had brought thumbtacks in, dumped them on the, on the mat. Omega, he gets the advantage and what he does is gets thumbtacks stuck in his knee pad, which is a little counterproductive because after he hits a V trigger, I mean, the thumbtacks are going to be pushing back into his knee, but still it was a cool visual. So puts his knee down into the thumbtacks, loads up his knee pad with, you know, the tacks, hits a V trigger, grabs a handful of thumbtacks, shoves them in Callahan's mouth, hits another V trigger. Then he gets Sammy Callahan up for the one winged angel, hits that onto the thumbtacks, gets the one, two, three. He retains impact world championship the one and only Kenny Omega. It was a very enjoyable match. Definitely, if you have some time, go to your way. Check out the uh, co-main and main event. The huge, huge news was post-match. So you had Omega and the Good Brothers. They were celebrating in the ring. And then all of a sudden, it goes dark. You hear the music. The one and only Switchblade Jay White. I mean... I had heard about it before watching, so I knew it was coming. But still, what a fantastic moment for uh, for Impact Wrestling to have someone the caliber of Jay White on there. You know what? Jay White and Impact, it should definitely bring more eyes to the product. And I mean, with, you know, like I said, you're having Omega show up in all these different promotions. Having Jay White, whether it's being coming from New Japan to Impact or if he's going to be anywhere else, you know what? It's getting more eyes on that product. It's more intrigue. You want to tune in and see where they're going. So I thought it was fantastic. Jay White gets into the ring and they kind of have a stare off and you really don't know what's going to happen. Um, I did, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I read the Impact spoiler, so I kind of have an idea of where they're going with it. But nonetheless, it's something I'm still going to tune in to see because I think the options for this are endless. You know, whether it's going to be White and Omega joining up as you know, you know, reforming a more bigger, more bigger, reforming, you know, like an all bullet club faction sort of thing, or if they're going to be feuding over it. We don't know. What I do know is August 14th, if I'm not mistaken, it's the 13th or 14th, New Japan has their resurgence show. Now, there was talk maybe Jay White's going to face off with Kenny Omega at that show. Well, that isn't the case because the same night as Resur- Resurgence and New Japan Resurgence is the same night as, as uh, AAA's Triple Mania. And Omega's going to be facing off with Andrade at that show. So unless they're going to be doing some you know, quick maneuvering, plane rides over, it's not going to happen. Plus, Jay White is already announced to be facing off with Dave Finley. I think his excursion over to Impact is just to keep uh, furthering that feud, promoting that for the Resurgence show. So I don't know where they're going to go with this, but I'm really intrigued to know, you know, what's going to be next. I love the, you know, love knowing that so much, there's so much, you know, that could happen. The possibilities are endless with this, and I love it, you know. Like, are we going to see Jay White show up on Dynamite now? I mean, fuck, that'd be great. I I don't know if it'll happen, but I mean, it would still get everyone talking. I mean, Dynamite sort of has their title picture planned with if it's going to be Omega and Hangman at All Out or if they're going to wait till full gear. I don't know. 
but you know having Jay White show up on Dynamite it's going to get people talking even more nonetheless it's going to get more viewers on pardon me it's going to get more viewers on Impact and ultimately I think that's what's most important is it gets people talking gets people excited for the product to see what they're going to do what they're going to bring to the table and I mean it's you know it's all for the better of wrestling and that's I think what's most important so so that was Slammiversary. That was Saturday night. Sunday night, we had WWE Presents Money in the Bank 2021. I think it came from Fort Worth, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. So that's their first pay-per-view back with a live audience. Um, I, We all know I don't watch lots of New York, but I do still keep in, keep up to date on what's going on. And I mean... If there's something worth checking out, I go back and watch it, you know. So I did make a point of going out of my way to watch the entire pay-per-view. It took three days as I was watching while on the treadmill and for my morning walk. But I made it all the way through. And I mean, it's really exciting to have fans back. Impact, I think they only had 150 at the Slammiversary and uh, Money in the Bank, it was pretty close to a sellout, if I'm not mistaken. It was it was exciting seeing fans back, and I mean that's what's important. So they kicked things off with the eight person ladder match for the women's Money in the Bank opportunity. So you had Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Naomi, Nikki, almost a superhero, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, and Natalia and Tamina. So. Fair warning with this little review, it's more just the thoughts, consensus, you know, opinion sort of thing. I, I watched all of it, but it, I wasn't able to take notes as, you know, I only have so much space on the treadmill rest there. So um, one thing about all the Money in the Bank matches are I don't like eight competitors in the match, you know, five or six tops. And I think that's more than enough. The, this match I wasn't huge on and it was partially because of Alexa Bliss when she tries to do the magic and shit. I just, I can't buy that. I don't, I'm not a Bray Wyatt fan. I don't like, the, or sorry, I'm not a Fiend fan. I don't like the magic, the supernatural stuff. I've never been into it. I mean, you, we all know my thoughts on The Undertaker, so... um I wasn't huge on her stuff, but when she was wrestling, it was fine. And it was even noticeable with the crowd, you know, like when Bliss was wrestling, they were right into it. But as soon as she started hypnotizing and doing all that kind of stuff, you could almost hear the crowd audibly groan. So I know I'm not alone on that. I just wish they would let her wrestle. She's a fantastic in-ring competitor. Let her do that. Let her show off her agility, her high flying. She was a top star before and now she's doing the supernatural shit and I'm just not here for it. Needless to say, it it boiled down to the six of them battling on the uh on the top of the thing. Uh it, sorry, it boiled down to Oscar, Naomi, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia and Tamina. They were all battling on three ladders that were set up. Alexa Bliss was buried under forty eight ladders outside. So the, the six of them are battling, and then out of nowhere, Nikki, almost a superhero, 
climbs up the ladders, grabs the briefcase while they're all fighting. She wins the money in the bank. You know, good for her to finally get an opportunity like that. You, I thought she was great as a part of Sanity, and I wish that they always did more with her. So for her to get a, a chance, it's nice to see. Um, so yeah, she was the money in, women's money in the bank champion. If you watched Raw, you know what happened. I'll talk about more about that after we get to the Flair Ripley match, but nonetheless, it was still enjoyable. Supernatural stuff aside. Next up, we had a Raw Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Viking Raiders were challenging AJ Styles and almost for the titles. Now, you know, Viking Raiders. They've come a long way since last year when in the same pay-per-view they got eaten by like a snake monster or something when they were doing their stuff with Street Profits. So, I mean, one of them got hurt. They've, they're back at it. And it was nice to see them, you know, in the title picture. One thing that I do have to say is almost he's very enjoyable to watch in the ring. I mean, he's like seven foot three and he's still really green, but I mean, they have something with them and it's it's just seeing what they do with them there was one spot where it's more of a style spot but all the viking raiders were on the outside and styles ran the ropes almost caught him threw him over the ropes and styles dished out a hurricanrana so i mean that was a very cool looking spot so i th- i mean after wrestlemania the fans were super into Styles and almost to the point where you almost feel like that they should be faces, but New York's going to do what New York wants. So they're the heels. They, they uh, almost, he dishes out a two handed choke slam on Eric. They get the win, retain the titles. I would kind of like to see almost and Styles face off with more of a, a heel team. And, you know, they kind of turn them face, but who knows what they're, where they're going to go with this one. So. It's nice seeing Styles in a different uh, sort of thing as opposed to just kind of mixing in with the world title picture. Having him as a tag champ, you know, it's something different. And you kind of like to see that. So next up, we had the Raw WWE Championship match. Bobby Lashley, the champion, facing off with Kofi Kingston. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what was worse. Actually, I do know what was worse. I hated the fact that Kofi lost the SmackDown title to Brock Lesnar in 10 seconds or whatever it was. I thought it was very disrespectful, and I hated seeing that, you know? Like, it was such a great moment when Kofi won the title, and I was into his run. I mean, I was into this, you know, thinking that he might get another opportunity. But this was basically a seven-minute squash match where Lashley just beat the crap out of Kofi. He got very little offense in, and, I mean, I think he delivered a double stomp and for a, a two-count, and that was it. The rest was just... <clears throat> pardon me. The rest was just Lashley dominating Kofi. Lashley, he didn't submit to the hurt lock. He... Uh, or sorry, Kofi didn't submit to the hurt lock. Lashley ended up hitting uh, the Dominator, uh, Farouk's old 
finishing move three or four times, gets Kingston in the herd lock again, and Kingston submits. We all know where they're going for SummerSlam. It's pretty well known. I mean, I warned you about spoilers. You know that they're going to do Lashley and Goldberg. It gets tiring always having to rely on um, the older stars like Goldberg. And I mean, I'm going to completely contradict myself later on with the Reigns match, but still, I would have been more than happy seeing Kingston win this match, even if it was for two weeks or whatever. Give me Kingston and Lashley again at SummerSlam. I would take that instead of Lashley-Goldberg. Kingston as champ, Lashley wants his rematch. There's your SummerSlam match for the Raw title. Instead, we're getting Lashley and Goldberg, and I'm not really here for it. So I don't know what's next for Kofi. I I want more for the guy. I know, you know, he seems like he loves what he does, and he's happy doing what he's doing. Um, but he's one guy who you just want to see have the utmost success. You want to see him be respected and... You want to see him get everything that he deserves, which, quite frankly, is a whole hell of a lot more than he's gotten. So, After that, we had Rhea Ripley defending the Raw Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. Um, You could hear the We Want Becky chance to start off, and uh, I thought that both wrestlers did a fantastic job uh, eliminating that and because they could have easily took over the match. They did a good job of making the fans forget that they wanted Becky, and they delivered an incredibly good wrestling match. Um, you know, there was... Ripley hit a, a German suplex on Flair, which looked really good. Um, on their way to the outside, uh, Flair actually got Ripley I thought she was going to go for the ring post figure four leg lock but she kind of put Ripley's leg in between the ring steps and the apron and was sla- uh, slamming or sorry kicking the steps into her leg numerous times gets her back in the ring locks on the figure eight leg lock Charlotte Flair wins the raw women's title again we I thought it was like her 16th title reign but on Raw, we find out that it's her 11th reign because they counted the five Raw, five SmackDown, and one Divas title reigns, and the NXT women's title reigns aren't counted. So she's an 11-time champion. Now, the next night on Raw, we saw Nikki cash in the her money in the bank and defeated Charlotte, so Nikki is now your Raw women's champion. I mean, you got to get those one day reigns in for Charlotte so that she can get her 17th championship title reign eventually. So, I mean, I'm happy for Nikki. Hopefully she gets a lengthy run with it and it's something different. And I mean, you kind of get tired of the same stuff. So her being champion, it presents presents different storylines, different options, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I hope they don't do like the scared, not scared, but like the champion where she's like always running and she actually defends the title and can improve, you know, like not improve, but makes doesn't make herself look cowardly at all, which is something I'm very fearful of with her title reign. But I'm glad that she's getting a chance and uh, I mean all the best for her and her run. 
after that was the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We had Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, Ricochet, Riddle, Biggie, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Same complaint as the women's Money in the Bank match. Eight wrestlers, way too many. Give me six, that's tops. Um, the big notable things with this were, were Jinder Mahal attacking McIntyre when he was about to win. Out came Shanky and Veer. They dragged McIntyre to the back. He's out of the match. There was Ricochet had a few huge, huge spots where one was a, I think a leap off the top rope to the outside, and then um, one where Ricochet was climbing the ladder and Riddle was about to push it off, and he jumped off the ladder onto everyone on the outside. Uh, there was another one where Riddle was dishing out RKOs. Uh, I think one of them. Oh no, I was thinking. It was a big E spot that looked great. But yeah, so Riddle was dishing out RKOs. Owens was dishing out stunners. Uh, all this is going on. Rollins hits a stomp on Nakamura. You have Kevin Owens climbing the ladder. He's about to win. And I mean, outside there was a, a ladder set up from the apron to the announce table. As Owens is climbing up, Rollins pulls him down, power bombs him from the ring, through the ladder to the outside, just buckles the ladder i mean it looks savage what a huge fucking bump that was nuts so he goes through um rollins is climbing the ladder biggie stops him hits a big ending on rollins off the ladder which looked huge looked fantastic i thought that was a great looking spot uh biggie then climbs up and he wins money in the bank which i mean you got the draft coming up soon if i'm not mistaken it's either end of summer or it's october i think I want to say end of summer, but you got to think, you know, Big E heads over to Raw. It's another challenger for Lashley, something different. McIntyre over to SmackDown. He can challenge with Roman Reigns, two different feuds. And I mean, I have more faith that Big E would get a title reign by beating Lashley than I do him beating Reigns because I think they're fully set with doing Reigns and Rock at WrestleMania. So. I don't think Roman's going to lose the title until then. He's going to hold on, hold on to it. And, uh, yeah, so Big E wins the men's Money in the Bank match. Main event time, we had Edge challenging for the SmackDown Universal Championship. I don't know why they just don't call it the SmackDown World Champion, why it has to be the Universal Champion. <clears throat> but facing off against the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, the big dog, Awoo. We all love Roman. He's great. So with this match, I mean, it clocked in at about 33 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was a few minutes too long, but they did tell a fantastic story throughout. Uh, There were some great-looking spots. Uh, Edge hits a spear on range through the barricade, then hits another one. Yeah. No, sorry. Reigns tried to hit a spear on Edge, but he moved, went through the barricade. Then Edge hits a spear on Reigns through the remaining part of the barricade. I thought that looked great. I mean, ref bump, Reigns, he grabs part of a broken chair and tries to put uh, Edge in a crossface, but, I mean, Edge gets the crossface on him instead. Reigns isn't going to tap out. Usos make their way down. I'm going to keep my Uso thoughts to myself. Um, I don't understand how they get a push, and one of them as a charge for a DUI a week earlier, which blows my mind. But, 
you know, it's not me booking. So, um, so they try to interfere, but the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, they come out instead. Instead, Seth Rollins makes his way out, hits a super kick on Edge. So you can kind of see where we're going with this one. Super kicks Edge. Reigns, he ends up hitting a spear on Edge after that and then retains the title. So you basically have your SummerSlam main matches set up. You've got Lashley and Goldberg. You've got Seth Rollins and Edge. And, I mean, post-match, we saw the return of big match John, John Cena. I mean, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say growing up, I was not into Cena. But as you get older, you really start to appreciate what he delivers or what he does in the ring. He's he's easily become someone that I enjoy watching, and I've missed not having him around, or I've missed having him around. Um because I think he he brings a lot, you know. His promos are good. Some can come across as very cookie cutterish, but I mean, I'm happy that he's back. He's someone that I've I've missed, that I wanted more from, you know, like the Wyatt Cena match at WrestleMania a few years ago. Like I wanted more from that, and I've I felt, you know, I it was disappointing with how it came to be for me you know like I, I wanted a big Cena Wrestlemania match so we haven't had something like that in a while so having Cena and Reigns at SummerSlam they faced off a couple of years ago I don't know if it was Battleground or which event it was but it wasn't one of the main pay-per-views and they had those two face off and I always thought like how are you not saving this for one of your big cards we never got it. We got that one match, and that was it. So to have those two back at it again, I mean, I'm excited for what they do to it. They've already announced the uh, Summer of Cena, all the shows and events he's going to be doing. It's a lot of Raw Smackdowns, even a few house shows. But, I mean, his segments, if he has many matches, I don't know if he will. It's definitely something I'm going to be checking out because, I, I mean, I'm excited for it. Big match, John's back. We're going to see the five moves of Doom. And you know what? I'm here for it. So, uh, Brapadoo, I cannot wait. So, that was Money in the Bank. I thought it was a solid show. You know, it, it definitely delivered a few booking decisions aside or even just how New York does stuff. But it is what it is. And you know what you're going to get with New York. So, you got to take it for that and just enjoy. So, that was Money in the Bank, like I said. Today being Wednesday, the one little bit of news that I wanted to touch on was that the there was a report out on one of the one of the dirt sheets, we'll say, that CM Punk, one of everyone's favorites, might be making a return to the ring. Now, it was it's basically said that uh, there are people in New York who believe that he's going to be going to AEW, uh, that he's going to be making an in-ring comeback. And I mean, it's basically reportedly that he's, sorry, it's that he's reportedly talking about a comeback with AEW. Nothing is official, but that's the, the rumors. I mean, Punk hasn't been, he left WWE in, uh, I think it was the Royal Rumble 2014. That was his last appearance there. 
and I mean, left the company later on. He ended up getting fired on his wedding day. He had his podcast with uh, Colt Cabana where he just basically went off on everything. And, you know, it was, I think, one of the most listened to of the Colt Cabana podcasts. So he, you know, dabbled in MMA since then. He, I think he's only wrestled a couple matches and they were both under a mask, if I'm not mistaken. So he's, you know, done some UFC or MMA or fought in UFC. Uh, He's been in movies, done some stuff with Marvel. And now it seems like he's going to be making a return. Now, I mean, I've always been a huge CM Punk fan. He's someone that got me back into wrestling after a, a long hiatus uh the pipe bomb i think everyone is familiar with it and i i'm pretty sure that it got a lot of people back into wrestling it definitely got a lot of people talking uh we just passed the anniversary of his money in the bank win that year and the subsequent summer of punk everything about that from the money in the bank match with cena how hot the crowd was to him basically leaving, taking the title hostage and, you know, showing up at Comic-Con with it or having the title in the fridge and all that kind of stuff. You you didn't know what was next for Punk and that was a big thing for what got me back into it. Ultimately, he returned, I think, three weeks, two weeks later, two or three weeks later on Raw when they were crowning a new champion since he had left. And I mean, I thought it was... At the time, I even thought it was too rushed. I think you could have went, you know, two months or so without him there and then showing up. I thought it would have been huge. But so he made his return. And that was, you know, what really got me back into wrestling. So with the news that he might be returning to the ring, I mean, you got to think that AEW is obviously the front runner. Uh, He was one of the ones that one of the wrestlers that, you know, Tony Khan originally had wanted when he was piecing together the AEW roster. He was one of the one of this you know main guys. So there's always been that intrigue of having Punk. He was at Starcast. Was it 2019? The uh, you know the convention before All Out. So if with him going to possibly going to AEW, I mean, he's already mentioned wrestlers that he would love to share the ring with you know jungle boy mjf will hobbs brian pillman jr you know so if he does return to AEW, or if he does show up in AEW, you have to wonder will he be thrust into the main event scene right away or will it be more of a he shows up and he's gonna it's gonna be more on his own terms where he gets to wrestle the guys he wants to uh, have the matches he wants and not just be main event punk Obviously, there's a lot of intrigue, whether it's a, a Punk Omega match, Punk Hangman. I mean, even a Punk Jericho match where this is a different Jericho than Punk faced off with in WWE. So there's even intrigue there. Hell, you know, I'm sure it'd, it'd be bound to happen, but a, a Punk Cody Rhodes match now is completely different than anything we would have seen before. So there's all these possible matches, but... Even with the the wrestlers that Punk wanted to wants to face off with the Jungle Boys, the Will Hobbs, MJF, Pillman Jr., those are all matches that are incredibly intriguing, and I think that they can all deliver. All four completely different wrestlers, and to see Punk match up with them, 
facing off with them in the ring and his different styles, seeing just what they what those matches can bring to the table. I think it's there's a lot of options and one thing I love is the speculation, you know, like will he, won't he I mean he could throw everyone for a loop and show up in New Japan. You know, we don't know. He could be an impact. He could, you know, team up with Julio De Niro again and reform the gathering, do a second impact run. You know, the first being TNA, but whatever. So there's so much intrigue, so much speculation, and I love it. I think it's something that's great for wrestling, great for fans. It gets people gets people talking. The one thing I think we is important though is keeping expectations tempered. I mean, if Punk does show up in AEW, you're going to have the people who right away complain that you know, his the first time he shows up, whether it's all out dynamite a pay per view. The first dynamite, sorry, that he's up on, he shows up on, the ratings will probably be one of the highest it's ever been because people are going to want to see CM Punk. So they'll tune in. But I don't think that they'll be able to maintain that ratings. And it's it's something we have to remember to not think it's a disappointment because you look back and it's not like there's any wrestler who could come in and instantly, you know, bring in. 500,000 viewers with them you know you're not going to get that with anyone even back in the late 90s during the the hot periods for WWE WWF it's not like Austin you know he became huge overnight it took a long time and I mean if someone like CM Punk were to show up I mean put in the right situations I think that it could definitely increase the viewership over time and bring not like a second sort of coming of, you know, a ratings boom, but definitely a long-term thing. You could see it, especially if it's well done. And one thing with AEW is they put a lot of effort into their stories. Uh, They don't rush anything and they let things play out, which is something that I think as fans, we kind of, you're so used to what New York would do and it'd be like, nope, it's right away. Boom, 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 boom. You don't let anything marinate, nothing build. It's, next 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 and because of that sometimes i think we want to jump the gun and be like no i want this right now even though if we let it play out as we've been shown with AEW, it's they they deliver they bring it to the table so i mean obviously this is all speculation and just basically me rambling on about cm punk but it's still something fun to talk about something different so will he i mean if he shows up at all out i i do hope that it's you know, not after, if we do see Hangman and Omega and Hangman wins, I hope it's not a post-match thing for Hangman. If it's, if he's going to show up earlier in the card, the better, just to uh, sort of do it and the fans can move on because you know that there's going to be a lot of CM Punk chants and all that kind of shit. So get it over with. And if you're going to do Punk Omega, or sorry, Omega and Hangman as your main event, and if Hangman finally gets that AEW world title reign then I want it to be special for him and not overshadowed by anything else which is something that I'm kind of leery about so so yeah hopefully we see it hopefully we see him show up on dynamite I think he can bring a lot to the table and overall I think it would be great for wrestling so nonetheless that is this week's show thank you very much for checking it out I like always 
truly appreciate it. You you all don't have any idea how much it means to me that people check this out. So thank you very much for that. Um, if you're listening for the first time, you're on Twitter. Check me out on Twitter, at GrainmakerPod. Love talking wrestling. Love, you know, just talking about what we all enjoy, what we love watching. There's so much great stuff out there that it's fun checking it out, checking out different stuff, talking wrestling. So hit me up on Twitter. Uh, emails at grain or sorry, grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on there if you have any questions, comments, concerns. There's someone you want to see on the show. Let me know and I'll do my best to get them on. Uh, Apple Podcasts up on there. Spotify Podcasts. If there is a different podcast um, distribution that you want me on, just let me know and I will get it up on there. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to do some more YouTube videos, but life kind of gets in the way sometimes. But I will do my darndest to uh, get some more of those up because, I mean, I do really like creating content, creating new stuff, and just anything wrestling related. So I'll see what I can do with more of those if uh, if there's interest in that. Nonetheless, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. Love talking wrestling with all of you, and I'm glad that uh, glad that you tune in. So like I said, hit me up on Twitter, send me an email, let's talk wrestling. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Have a good one.